Tyler Agent, Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, the hooker and the two props. So what's with the different introduction? What's all that about? I don't know what happened there. What's that? Guys. Mate, you've changed your style. <laughs> I, was, you know, I, was, I was getting used to it and you've changed your style. John, I was honestly, in my head, I said to myself, I bet you JM says, mate, what a top introduction. <laughs> and he goes in and he's basically, before the podcast has even started, he knocks me out. He's, you've hit me for you a second. Got to keep him on his toes. Perception Troy. versus reality. Okay, right? I'll, I'll go back to. I'll <laughs> no, but I just want him to know. It's like you, it sounded like you had had a haircut. You changed something. I, about I thought. It. I thought you John... consciously changed. What was in your thinking behind that? Because we have had for how many podcasts, Troy? One hundred and twenty-nine. We've had a great, great intro. It had a certain pizzazz and a bounce, a little bit of rawness in the energy, and all of a sudden you polished it up like Ooh. a private schoolboy. What's what's going on? It's your turn today, mate. John. <laughs> You're known as the quote, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? That's right. Okay. And what got us here won't get us there. So, <laughs> so if we want to be around for another 120 podcasts. And this, this podcast got a profit and loss of zero and it will continue to do so. But See, I'll, that's a good thing, isn't it? We can't lose money, like, right? We don't make any it money. It was always going to be a success. <laughs> but we don't lose any money. So it's a no-risk game. So we ought to be thankful for that. Yeah, we keep gaining followers as well, which is really nice. So, Troy, what number is this? 100 and... Uh, we're around the 130 mark. 130 Without podcast. pulling up where we're at. And there, there, there's not a week that goes by. You know what I've noticed, Troy? In the last six months, your name comes up more often uh-huh. in the podcast. Depressing. Now, Depressing. that was, a, that was a, a, a strategy that you've slowly uh, worked <laughs> your way <laughs> in, and I've now we've accepted you're, you're in the squad. <laughs> okay, so... So uh, I love this topic because I think if you can't get this right, life is harder than real estate, and that is instant rapport building. What I want to discuss, guys, is what are the things that you can do? Like, it's different when you've got someone and you've known them for three, four years where they call you out and it's really a chat to list their property. It's not like The Voice or an audition. What do you do when you've got to build instant rapport with people that you're meeting for the first time? Is there things that great communicators do to build a connection? I think, and also, Tommy, it's not just about at listings. It's with buyers. It's with, you know, if you're in property management listing, it's tenants and landlords, and it's just in life. I mean, what what do you do that... What are the likability factors? One of the exercises I often do, Tom, with, uh, when I'm in a small group of people, I say, you know, what are the likability factors? So I say to someone, and even our listeners now can do the exercise in their mind, if there was one or two people that you kind of find you always like them, you like being around them, you know, everyone seems to like them, let's unpack what is it about them that people like. And I guess that, that will, in effect, Troy, become our podcast because... You know, what is it about people in your world that you like and why do you like them? And, and some of the things I often find I hear, Tom, are they're good listeners. Um, they take an interest in me. They ask me interesting questions. Um, they genuinely want to know. So they don't just ask a question and then turn off to, to cruise control. They actually say, wow, that's fascinating, and how did you deal with that? And they dig deeper into the question. So that's when you know when someone's really listening. It's the follow-up question. So someone will say, you know, how's your day? That's one thing, and you'll get a kind of stock standard response. Or what's it like being in real estate? It's kind of the follow-up questions that tell you that this person is genuinely interested. So the first thing I would say is be genuinely interested in people. If you want people to be interested in you, you need to be interested in them. That's by far the best strategy. So 
I think instant rapport, and, and you know, the word instant might throw people a bit, but I'm talking about at first meeting, not in the first five seconds, because you don't want to overwhelm people. But get to know them. Like, here's the deal. You know all you need to know about yourself. Yeah. You need to know about them. So tell me about you, tell me about your family, tell me what happens out. And I often say to people, what, tell me about some stuff outside of your work. You know, tell, tell me what are your other passions and hobbies and interests and tell me about your family and, and what does your partner do and all these sort of things. And what age are your kids and what are they aspiring to do when they leave school? The, I don't do it to build rapport though, Tom. I know you and Troy are the same. I actually do it because I'm genuinely interested in people. Because people are fascinating if you let them be fascinating. So, you're, so you, John, you're, you're, that is not you using a script. You, you are generally curious about other human beings. Give when you, you look a, at them, what, how, how are I mean, they? It's a boring lunch if I talk about myself because I know about myself. But if, yeah. I, if, I, if you're, you know, and I say, what did you do before real estate? And, you know, and a whole range of where do you live? What is it like living there? I, I kind of want to know. I find every meeting I have, every person I meet, an opportunity to go on another adventure. Yeah. Because you've had a whole set of different life experiences to yeah. me, and Troy's had a whole different set. I know my life experiences. I've lived them. Yeah. I want to know what were Troy's. And what are the stuff that scares Troy? And, yeah. and what are the stuff that Troy loves? And same with you. I love that stuff that you said. You already know your stuff. That's right. Yeah. I mean, talking more about yourself doesn't educate you and, and, and inspire you, but hearing about others. The other thing, Tom, I think a lot of people, they, they kind of make this assumption there's not that many interesting people. I have a life belief that everyone is interesting if you let them be interesting and if you draw the right things out of them through interesting questions. So it's not just about the weather. But I'll often say to people, what do you do? And then what did you do before that? And what made you want to get into that? And I'll say something like, what's the worst thing about the current career you've got? And what's the best thing? So you've got to be a little bit interesting. Yeah. It's a little bit like, Tom, when you and I do Q&A, which we both love. But you've got to kind of, the quality of a Q&A or the quality of a conversation comes down to the quality of the questions yeah. being asked. So I think from instant rapport, a lot of it is about what is your intention? My intention is to get to know you get to understand you, to get deep inside you so I don't just understand you at a superficial level. I really want to know what's driving your decisions. What are your fears? What are you excited about? By the time you've done that, you're in a conversation for half an hour and people really like you. Yeah. Because you're asking them about the most important in the world to them, person, which is kind of often them. I like, John, I like what you said um, about the second and the third and the fourth question because Sometimes you meet someone, they do ask you a question, but it seems that after that first question, they start thinking about what they're going to say next, right. instead of actually being immersed in and, and being present, listening to, and, and it seems like, oh, they've got that out of the way. And I think it, it's a difficult thing, but sometimes people, instead of truly listening, they go into their own second conversation in their head. Yeah. Yeah, and often they even go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, not just the next question, but it's kind of, where am I off to after this and some other issue. I think, you know, interviewing, connecting, questioning, rapport building, listings, that's a body contact sport. You've got to be there, what focused. Are, uh, guys, why do you think that some, some people have got this incredible ability to walk and meet someone for the first time and they'll seem to connect with them They'll, they'll look at them in the eyes more. They'll mirror that person. They don't even... They're not doing it because they've been taught to be like that other person. Yeah. But they seem to naturally make that other person feel comfortable. Yeah. It's, it's a, I think, Tom, it's often... 
I don't want to use the word out of context, but it's a loving energy. You know when you meet some people, and there are some professions, nurses are often like this, you know. Yeah. They just have that DNA of they're there to care and support and love people. And there are industries and there are people and profiles. But when you meet someone that is genuinely interested in you and genuinely cares and has no ego, that's the other thing, Troy, is ego blocks out so many good things for people. Mm-hmm. People that, you know, I'll use the word strut around, like a peacock, and it's all about them. And they meet someone, all they want to do is tell someone how successful they are and, and all this sort of stuff. Everything about them is showy. And I just think that just blocks out. One is it's a fairly repulsive energy for most people. They just get turned off by it. Two is it blocks out all the good stuff that could happen next for you. And if you think you're at the peak of your success and whatever and you don't want to learn anymore and you want to be a bit of a jerk, just be arrogant. Yeah. But if you're actually evolved and you're smart and you realise that the next person you meet, it's like sliding doors, they could change your life by giving you a piece of information um, a fact, a, their story, it's just amazing. I uh, Just on this, I'll divert for a minute, but it's, it's semi-relevant. I was watching on Netflix the other day, Ricky Rushton told me I should watch it, Tony Robbins. I saw it the other what, night. What an incredible I'm not your guru. movie. I am not your guru. Troy, if you haven't seen no, that, it's on Netflix. Oh. Um, it is an incredible, and he is a master at rapport building, story, yeah. authenticity. So when, when you hear or watch... Robbins do this stuff. You can t- see it's not an act. It's actually, it's in, the core of his body comes out in every conversation. So look, I think for our listeners, kind of bring it back to real estate a bit. It's one is you've got to be interested in people, whether they're a vendor or not, or a buyer or not. You should be interested in people because it's hard to switch these things on and off. And by the way, you never know when the next person you're going to meet. They might own a ten million dollar property and be about to, about to sell it. Who knows? They might happen to work at a beauty salon up the road so you know like I remember yeah I remember first starting out being at open for inspections standing at the front door or front gate and thinking of ways to better engage with buyers as they're walking through one of the biggest things I noticed 30 40 people coming through they just want to get past that first part of meeting the CSM or the buyer specialist so a lot of the time they'd be just like yeah brochure or such and such has got my details and keep walking yeah. And I think realising that you can be genuine, positive and really engage with them up the front of an open for inspection can actually get a lot of results. So eye contact, Tom, was a big thing for me. Introducing myself. Smile, right? Smile. smile. Yeah. Smile's free. Smile's easy. Um, smile, eye contact, put your hand out and shake their hand and introduce yourself first. Yeah. What about the wet fish handshake? Does that not drive you crazy? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just, I don't know if the people that have the wet fish handshake, or the other one, like the rock crusher, where they kind of like break, your, <laughs> break your hand. I just like, an appropriate handshake and eye contact and smile shouldn't be that hard, right? Yeah. Not too hard, not too soft, a smile with genuine intention um, and, and eye contact. But there are some people you grab their hand and it is like that wet fish yeah. and you think, man, that's just like a bad first impression. Yeah. It's hard to get over. That's, 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 that's a habit, isn't it? With, with, with yeah. It's got to be a thing. Look, I don't know where it comes from, and, and, and I assume the people that don't know about it, because it's kind of one of those sensitive things. It's yeah, not the sort of thing you normally say, yeah, by the way, I better tell you that you've got a lousy handshake, right? People, you normally would know. I mean, if I was a sales manager, by the way, and someone had it, I would absolutely be doing it. But you don't just meet people in public and say such things. But I think it's really important, and because and I went on in my coaching sessions, as Troy knows very well, I go hard on the truth because... I'm so passionate about helping people get to the next level and I know a wet fish handshake and an inability to smile when you meet someone 
or um, uh, eye contact that is you know, darting off in different directions all the time is a really bad energy. So I think you know, being centred in yourself is really important because if people meet you and you're fidgety, you're nervous, you're anxious, you're stressed, all those energies sort of come through you. Yeah. No matter, you can't like, oh, I've better out of the car now. I know I'm angry, I'm distracted, I'm stressed, but I'll have to be really calm and collected for the vendor. It kind of doesn't work. Yeah. So it's a bit like when we say to people, Tom, you know, the listing starts 12 months before the first interview because yeah. people are checking you out. Um, the same thing here when you meet someone, you know, you've got to be going back to your own life and saying, am I a centred person? Yeah. Am I happy about life? Because if I'm happy about life and I'm grateful for what, it, what I have, that's going to come across. If I'm sort of, you know, snarling over something and someone did this and someone stole my listing. So I think um, clear energy. I think first impression stuff, which involves generally uh, handshake, eye contact, smile, opening, whatever. Um, tone, of, tone of voice, Tom, I think is important yeah, too. I've, look, I don't know about you, but when I ever meet a salesperson that is over-enthusiastic... It actually turns me off because I start putting a radar. Why is she or he like this? Um, I think I, I much prefer, like when you turn around, and I, I think that if you're over-enthusiastic, you can sometimes send a message to someone, this person is not real. Insincere. Mm. I agree. And it's often that cans kind of like bang one or two sentences. And you kind of want to say to them, hey, just tell me how you really are. Yeah. And I'm not looking for the show. I'm actually looking for the real person, the real yeah. deal. No, I agree with you 100%. So that's around energy is make it authentic. It should be positive, I think. But positive doesn't have to be like, you know, screaming. And it also it needs to be an authentic positive. I, uh, I, I also, and I'm not saying this is the opposite to ego, but vulnerability yeah. is something that on the surface looks like it's a weak thing, but it's actually an enabler of authenticity, of trust. When someone shows that they're not trying to be someone else and they are who they really are, you actually are, it's, it's an attraction about that person. You feel like they've given you permission for you to be yourself because they're being themselves. Yeah, I agree. The, the only little boundary about that is you have to be careful not to wear your heart on your sleeve with people. Um, to a point where you sort of, you know, air every single thing. But I agree with you. The other thing I was going to mention, Tommy, is name. Not overusing name because that all of a sudden starts sounding and feeling. But, you know, it's, it's usually the thing that people like to hear the most is, yeah. you know, so Tom, tell me a bit about your, your career and, and chatting and then a bit later. So, you know, one of the things I want to ask you, Tom, is just, just gently using someone's name in conversation a few times I think is, is important. Because they, they like the sound of that and it personalises the conversation, takes it away from being sort of a little bit colder to more, more warm. Um, the, the other one too, Troy, I think, you know, which is where you need to do a lot of work, is personal presentation. Um, See how quickly it switches? <laughs> Mate. I'm in, for the the listeners, I'm in the line of sight. For those that have never, <laughs> met, those that have never met Troy, have only met me and Tom, uh, me and Tom have terrific heads for podcasts. And Troy could probably be a male model or a uh, movie star, so that's why we keep him in the round room on level five at News Limited. Mate, when you're when you're in the like, were you the sort of guy when you were playing footy when Big League used to come out? You'd be the, the poster <laughs> in the centre, the centre centre of the the thing. People have him up on the wall. The personal presentation. I think where I was going to Troy is, 
People kind of want to see that you look after yourself a bit. Yeah. If you arrive looking dishevelled and tired and you're 20 kilos overweight and you've, you know, you've got a tear in your shirt or a coffee stain on your tyre or something, whatever it is, and those are kind of slightly exaggerated, but you know, people notice. Yeah. Even if they don't consciously notice, there's something about someone that arrives with a stain or a this or a that or they look out and they, you know, they see you out to the gate and your car is filthy. Mm. So I think, you know, as funny as it might sound, things like rapport building, you don't want to distract them to the negative. Mm. Now, do you have to look like a male or female model and drive a, you know, a $200,000 car? No, you don't. Mm. But you certainly don't want to be the other end in terms of giving out impressions of negative things that suggest you're either disorganised or you don't care about your presentation and so forth. So. I think presentation, energy, authenticity, using people's names but not overusing their names, asking them questions about interesting things that you are genuinely interested in, um, they're some of the things that I think would be good for our listeners yeah. to kind of start practicing, so yeah, hopefully that, I, I would, that helps. Uh, and I would say that movie, uh, any of our listeners, I think that that would be one of the great things to do in the next seven days while we reach out and talk to you next week. Um, that movie, I'm Not Your Guru, by Anthony Robbins, is um, a personal development program in itself. So you get it on Netflix, right? You get it on Netflix. I don't know if you can get it anywhere else, but if, if you haven't signed up to Netflix yet, do it just to get that movie. Yeah. I think Netflix is like 10 or 15 bucks a month. Yeah. But that, I've watched it twice now in 24 hours. I watched it the first time and I, and I was going to take notes. I thought, no, I'll just watch it because... You know, I just wanted to enjoy the experience. And then the next time I've watched it, I started taking copious notes. And I'm going to watch it again. And, uh, you know, I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mate, now, what about a word from our sponsors? Yeah, well, realestate.com. And whilst it's not face-to-face rapport building, I can say that that profile page that every agent in Australia's got... That's building rapport with people. The it's video that you've got on there is building rapport with people. Or you haven't got. Or you haven't got. It's costing your business. Yeah. They go to your competitor and they see a compelling two-minute video talking about your values, your beliefs, what you do, what you've sold, what you specialise in, and the next person has crickets. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, you stand out. So, you know, we've said it before, Troy, but I just think people have got to take this digital interview seriously. You've got to recognise that no one that's thinking of selling their property is not going to REA to check out whose market share and what mm. similar properties to theirs are selling for. Mm. So, you know, you've got to get on there. So we thank REA, Tracy and the gang. I was down there last week. I had a couple of meetings with some, some local guys in the Melbourne market and uh, Tracy kindly said I could use the boardroom or one of their meeting rooms. And I just took people around REA and I keep saying to our listeners, if you haven't been there yet, talk to your account manager. Yeah. Even if you're not in Melbourne, go there. It is an incredible culture, great building. Yeah. Very innovative, sexy company. I, I just think you know, it inspires you. Walking out of there, you walk out of there ten feet tall. Um, yeah. When you've been there, so um, get onto it. Get onto your digital profile page. Troy, you've been very quiet. Uh, have we offended you? Did you? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm just he worries me absorbing. When quiet, Tom. Are I you? think he, he might be planning a takeover. Well, I'm trying to what haven't we not built rapport with you to this, <laughs> this, this podcast? Do you, think, do you think he's planning a takeover? John, I don't know. All, <laughs> I can tell, all, I, all I can tell you is that I've noticed in the recent months that your name comes up <laughs> equal, and on some occasions there have been things that have been asked, ask Troy this. So, Can you check up afterwards through your News Limited uh, legal 
has there been a podcast called Billion Dollar Agent <laughs> that's been registered by Troy Malcolm? TroyMalcolm.com. <laughs> I think he's gone to the next level. He hasn't told us. He's about to give us the news that he's, he's going to start up a breakaway podcast. No, I've just really enjoyed this podcast. I've just been sitting back and listening. It's been great. Well, that's Troy. That's, uh, that's uh, If you're happy, at least one person in the last <laughs> half hour has learned something. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys.